0: Everyone in content knows the feeling of being less than happy with a piece of content that they've just made. But that feeling, unfortunately, doesn't always stop there. You might even feel it at a critical career juncture. Enter Perfectly Content, the podcast. I'm your host, Adri Smith, content strategist at Folian. Every episode will be joined by a guest to explore a real life scenario where they tackle a content challenge and that nagging feeling of less than perfection we'll hear about impactful content, stronger strategies and more inspiring brands so that we can all become a little more perfect and more content. Today I'm joined by Katie Leesk who is the Global Content Manager at Content Square. I'm really excited to have Katie on today. She comes from an agency background as a content manager, which is not unusual for a lot of people working in heads of content roles now or global roles for content marketing. It gives you a lot of varied experience, which I'm sure she's going to fill you in on. But also the way that I actually found Katie uh, was that she creates a content roundup called To My Heart's Content. I can really recommend it. The last one, actually, you recommended a book, which I'm definitely going to read. Um, it's on my reading list, but it's a little bit of inspiration from all over the place. But as content marketers, I think you're always looking for inspiration. So it's a really good one to follow. So I
1: really appreciate that roundup, Katie. And welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. That was such a lovely intro. Thanks. (laughs) So
0: we always get started with a little bit of a background as to how you got into content marketing. So number one, and then also a little bit about what you're currently doing at Content Square. So if you could kind of take us along your journey into the content marketing space, that would be great.
1: Yeah, so I am I'm Katie, obviously. I am the global content manager at Content Square, uh, which is a digital intelligence provider. Uh, so we track trillions of digital interactions, um, turn them into intelligent recommendations that brands can use to improve their digital experiences. I'm actually the first person within a global content role here, uh, which means that I am in charge of setting and executing our global content strategy, mm-hmm. and that includes absolutely everything from you know creating the tier 1 brand awareness and demand generation assets to working with the product team on buying guides to support the SDR and sales teams to writing editorial content which shouts about how incredible our clients are um, and showcasing some of the great things they're doing with the content scrap platform so yeah it's a pretty varied and busy job role prior to that i spent 4 years at a global digital marketing agency called jellyfish as a senior content manager where I led the content strategy and content creation for clients like Clarins. Um, I worked on email marketing for Toyota um, and Ugg. So a lot of really great experience in, in sort of different industries. And my experience gets more varied the further back I go. But in in every role since university, I've always been writing and creating content because that's what I love to do. It's always been something that I did as, as a hobby, even from a young age, whether that was writing silly stories or poems for my parents to running a photography and lifestyle blog that I wrote and wrote and wrote on for years. So, yeah, content has always been something that was definitely on the cards career wise for me that also uh, resonates a lot with me because I do think that
0: the creative side of it is really satisfying and if you can turn that into a career
1: I think and it's something that you really enjoy then it could be a really good fit like that exactly my dad actually always says if you do something you love you never work a day in your life and that's like a really famous saying but it's so true and like I love working in content so yeah I completely agree
0: (laughs) Um, so, tell us a little bit about this global role that you're currently working on for Content Square. Yeah, you previously had a more regional role um, and then it moved up to
1: global. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're responsible for? Yeah. So it's super exciting, actually, um, because it's the the sort of first global content role that we've had at Content Square. So that comes with a lot of opportunity to sort of get the ball rolling um, and learn a lot as well. So I think I've learned more in the last six or seven months of being at Content Square than I have in almost six years in marketing. It's been an absolutely mad ride. But yeah, so I'm in charge of leading our global content strategy Some sort of really cool projects I'm working at the moment are a really big buyer's journey mapping project. So interviewing loads of our clients, interviewing um, our sales team, internal stakeholders um, and really finding out what content our clients read and listen to and enjoy and making sure that we are providing them with that content at every stage of the marketing funnel. So that's sort of like a a big labor of love at the moment. Um, I've done loads of interviews with clients all over the world. The other thing I'm working on at the moment, which I'm super excited about, is um, a video series. Um, So obviously working in content, you get to do sort of the writing and then we've got an incredibly creative and amazing video team as well. So I'm working on um, with the creative team at the moment some design and branding for a video series that we'll be launching next year. So watch this space. Super excited about that.
0: Cool. Well, great to know. We'll definitely uh, keep an eye on you guys. All right. So let's dive into it. I know we kind of spoke uh, very briefly about, yeah, the challenge of having engagement, which I think a lot of people would actually love to have that challenge. They have a lot of engagement, but you kind of thought about this in kind of transforming that engagement into actual results and actual relationships. So Talk a little bit about it. What was the situation where you really realized that turning engagement into real relationships is gonna be a challenge?
1: So for this, I'll actually take it one step back and provide a little bit more context about sort of Content Square and what our goal is. So our purpose at Content Square is to create better online experiences for everyone. So no matter what age you are or what physical or cognitive impairment you may have. And this one is really super important at the moment because actually there are over a billion people in the world that have an impairment which affects their ability to use the web, which... When I started working at Content Square and, and learned that and started researching this as, as one of our core content themes is, is crazy to me. Um, so as part of our mission, um, to raise awareness around digital accessibility. Um, and and things in that vein, we acquired a company called Adapt My Web, which is a Google Chrome extension which lets you tailor the online experience so you can do things like increase font size or adjust the display in line with what your personal requirements are. Um, And we'd also launched the Content Square Foundation as a non-profit organization which raised awareness um, and educated people around digital accessibility. So from a content standpoint, what we've been doing up until that point is running a selection of accessibility focused workshops as part of wider campaigns and events so we'd have sort of like a 10 to 15 minute session about accessibility and educating clients and prospects on that within a wider campaign so we would do one maybe at the women in e-commerce webinar or if we were doing an industry focused event we'd always make sure that we were speaking about digital accessibility and we really quickly saw actually that these sessions were hyper-engaged. Like you say, people were super engaged with them. They found them really interesting. The chat was always absolutely popping off. Um, So the challenge we had then was how can we actually turn what we're already doing into an actual tangible asset that can continue to help people um, and guide them in this relatively new space above and beyond just attending sort of a regular webinar or some of our events. And how can we tap into the interest that we knew was there and actually help to drive positive change? With things like digital accessibility, it's, it's something that's so often overlooked as sort of people get really cool and creative with their online experiences and, you know, the power of the internet and creativity is expanding and growing at an alarming and incredible rate. But actually quite a lot of the experiences that are being created are just they're just not accessible. Um, so what was the best way to actually educate the wider market on this? Because it is still a relatively nascent topic in, in some markets, in some industries, um, and how could we make it relevant? to our audience
0: yeah so I guess here it's really about in content marketing we're always talking about like adding value and I think you know one session that's super engaging might add value indeed but this is really about the the follow-through of continuously adding value and thus doing exactly what content marketing is intending to do which is create relationships with your target audience so that's kind of the, the the crux of the issue here So, so for you, what is really the the solution to this particular
1: problem? Great question. So our goal, obviously, overarching was just to to educate and raise awareness of accessibility and really hammer home how this affects millions of people every day. But also, as I said, like we wanted to provide something that they could refer back to, something that they could even share with family and friends, something that was a really tangible asset that that did drive positive change. So we did a lot of brainstorming uh, with our internal team and, and various stakeholders. Um, And we decided to put together this digital accessibility handbook, which would be our hero content asset. And the idea behind this was it would be like a long form research and educational piece, which covered everything from the prevalence of the problem to information on what the various impairments are and how they affect people. And we really wanted to make it as actionable as possible. So we straight away knew that we wanted to put in a range of things that brands could take away to ensure that their online experience was was more accessible. So that was a sort of hero content asset. And then we also planned to deliver a range of supporting blogs, webinars, um, email nurture campaigns and sort of other content derivatives like checklists um, and stuff like that as part of the, the wider accessibility campaign. So I used research from the foundation. I used research from the people that had been running our accessibility workshops up until then did a lot of my own research, spent a lot of time just reading about and understanding the problem um, and started putting together a framework of what that hero asset would actually look like. But at Content Square, we're really all about sort of the human understanding and the human experiences and really finding out what makes people click online, what content they engage with, what they don't, what's frustrating them, what needs changing to give them like the really seamless customer journey that people are expecting. So straight away, I knew that we wanted to move away from just providing stats and facts about disabilities and instead really giving a voice to the people it was directly affecting and really humanizing that experience. So one of the first things I did was actually interview a range of people who were affected by inaccessible websites. So people who had motor impairments or ADHD or vision impairments and made sure that we shared their voices and used their experiences to to add weight to the piece and sort of throughout the Hero content asset, now it's, now it's finalized, we focused really heavily on turning these numbers and stats into something that was actually tangible and relevant. So the content piece actually starts with a metaphor about trying to eat soup with chopsticks. And that was actually an idea that came to me at 3am in the middle of the night. And it's one of the only times I think that 3am thought actually sounded better in the morning. So yeah sort of throughout it we just made sure that we humanized it at every every stage gave voices to the people that it really affected but we also decided that we wanted to take it one step further and drive a real emotional connection it's great to tell people and educate them, but there's nothing like actually putting them in, in the shoes. And luckily, we had the resources in-house to be able to put together an interactive landing page where users could actually click around on the site and see how these impairments can actually affect someone. So with someone that has a vision impairment, what a website might actually look like to them if, if the search engine functionality is is not accessible. So it was, a, it was a real labor of love. Um, and we put a lot of effort and, and time and resources and, and research and heart behind it. Yeah, well, I think
0: that's where you get good content. And I think also thinking about, well, content piece, it's a hero piece, right? Um, not just in kind of what text is going to go in or what images are going to go in, but actually the real experience of the reader going through that. So what kind of analogies do they need in order to make sense of this issue? I think that's the real powerful stuff here. And I think it doesn't always come intuitively, let's just say. So you already kind of like outlined exactly the kinds of content that needed to go in there. Were there some practical steps that yeah, needed to, to happen in order, in order to make this a success?
1: Yeah, I mean, for us, it's always just making sure that the the demand generation leads are brought in early on and they know that it, they're... And also, you know, the sales team making sure that when they are speaking to people, quite a lot of what we do isn't, isn't sales-orientated. It is genuine awareness. Like, this is one of our core beliefs that the internet should be accessible to everyone. Like, the Content Square Foundation is a non-profit organisation. Um, but also, if people did want to have that conversation about sort of using... Our platform and our tools um, and our expertise to help guide them within their sort of accessibility journeys, just making sure that the sales team knew sort of the conversations they could have and equipping them with the insights and the information to, to have those conversations and, and help people as best they could. And practical steps are really just ensuring that we kept people involved, you know, uh, at every stage. Worked closely with Marion, who heads up the the Content Square Foundation. She looked over all of the content that we produced, and made, we just made sure that, with her expertise within the digital accessibility market, it was definitely speaking to the right people. We had all of the right statistics in there, and and we just dealt with the subject with sensitivity and, and compassion, really. So, yeah, in terms of making it a making it a success, I, I'd say it was definitely definitely a teamwork and just making sure that everyone was involved uh, at every stage. So when the final asset came out, people knew what to do with it, knew how to speak about it and were enabled to to use it in the best way possible. Well, that's good advice because
0: I do think that you can get very caught up in making the actual content piece itself. And there are a lot of moving pieces exactly like you described. So tying everyone in to make sure that they know how to talk about it and they know what it needs to be connected to as well in their own competencies, that's yeah, a step that can easily be uh, kind of missed out. So good that you already
1: caught that. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things it's easier to say and actually to execute is always a lot difficult. And, you know, we're a big global company. We've got teams in so many regions Like, there's always hiccups along the way. Um, and I know like this, this was the first big global campaign that I actually worked on. Um, it was the first hero content asset I wrote. I think it was in my first month of starting at Content Square. So especially for me, it was like a really big learning curve of of, of working with people. And it's just something that we're going to be working on a lot closer together as we move forward. So sort of taking the learnings from, from this piece, which there were definitely a lot. And there was definitely some things that we could do better. But yeah, just taking them and, and making sure that when we do another global campaign in the future, it's 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 even better and more efficient
0: good that you're always uh, constantly optimizing. So let's talk a little bit about numbers. So I know, um, yeah, you said that this was your most successful ebook yet. So I'd love to hear about your numbers and the results that this kind of brought in for you.
1: Yeah. So as you mentioned, this was actually, we got the highest amount of downloads that we've ever had within 24 hours. And you would have to push me to find out the exact numbers. I definitely should have found those before the call, but it took off really, really well. We got really great feedback from from the industry and our clients. We had multiple people that actually did suffer from these disabilities get in touch and thank us for creating something that was so sensitive and and educational um, about their own life experiences. So It's obviously one of those campaigns that, because it's one of our core themes at Content Square, digital accessibility is something that isn't sort of one and done. So in terms of post-campaign analysis or like final numbers, it's always on like, we're going to continue launching this globally. So we initially launched within Northern Europe and sort of soft launched in the US, but we work in loads of other regions, as I mentioned. So Those regions sometimes aren't quite ready for these sorts of conversations yet, but they will be soon if we continue nurturing them and sort of starting these conversations around digital accessibility. So it's a campaign that we did launch in June, July this year and yeah, did get some fantastic numbers in the first first 24 hours. But, you know, they're continuing to trickle in and it's something that will always be on. Um, and as a business, it's it's a theme that we're consistently going to be providing education and, and resources on. And we'll bring it back and use it again when there's disability awareness days um, and bake sort of what we talk people into into everything we do. So if you had to attribute the success to one thing, what would it be? Definitely teamwork. This campaign is obviously something, as I said, that isn't Intrinsically linked to sales targets, so it's it's a real passion project for us. And it was the level of teamwork and passion, and you know, inspiration from from people around the business that made this project a success. So that's people from Marion, who, as I said, heads up the Content Square Foundation um, and is the founder of Adapt My Web, which we acquired. To Matt Christie, who is one of our lead UX designers, who ran some of the first accessibility workshops that we did, and has a real passion for talking about accessibility as much as he can. Our events team, who put on some incredible webinars to to sort of nurture and further educate people, where we live audited attendees' websites. To the demand generation team, who put together a, a killer educational email nurture, which kept the conversation going and provided more support once they downloaded the initial hero asset. So I think success was definitely teamwork. Everyone pulled their weight and everyone worked on where their expertise were to put together a, a fantastic campaign. So yeah, a real team effort.
0: All right. So my last question for you, and I think as somebody who already does a nice content roundup, probably already have some ideas on this, but what is a one person thing, piece of content that
1: shaped the way that you view content marketing? Yeah, I definitely listen to a lot of podcasts and read a lot of books. So there's loads of things that either directly or indirectly influence how I look at content. But one thing that really sticks out is a talk that was at the marketing meetup. So one of Joe Glover's marketing meetup sessions, which if you don't do them already as a marketer, especially in content marketing, like they are fantastic just for inspiration, for educational stories. They're something that our team at Content Square religiously attends. Um, my manager actually did a, a session. Um, Sahana did a session on imposter syndrome a little while ago, which was absolutely brilliant. They're just amazing sessions, but enough about that. The session i that really blew my mind was a session by Jeremy Waite, who is the communications designer at IBM. And it was a session called How to Tell Stories with Impact. And honestly, I don't ever remember coming away from a session feeling so energised or mesmerised by a single person. I scribbled down so many notes and Googled so many things. And he spoke about... So many things that I've not heard of and in ways that I've never heard people speak about them. He covered things like communications thinking, ADHD, why some speeches are successful and some aren't and tips for becoming a better storyteller and frameworks to use. And it was just one of those sessions where like... I'd sat down with like a cup of tea in the morning. I think I was having a bit of a bad morning and was just like, oh, I'll just listen to this while checking emails and sort of started checking emails and listening to the session and just completely was mesmerized by him for for 45 minutes. It was, yeah, it was amazing. In terms of sort of creativity and inspiration, it it was probably one of the best talks I think I've ever listened to. He's a, I think he's a fantastic speaker. Um, so yeah, I definitely recommend that. But outside of that, just reading books, I think, either fiction or nonfiction, there's always content inspiration in anything that you can read. So I am just an avid reader. Good advice. Um,
0: And definitely one to put on your watch list. Thank you so much, Katie, for joining us. Yeah, thanks
1: a lot. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: All right, well, that's it for this week's episode of Perfectly Content. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like this episode and want to stay tuned for more, click subscribe wherever you're listening and you'll receive updates on our very next episode. And finally, one last thing we have an editorial style newsletter that goes out once a week called The Crave. We talk about all of the content that we've been craving this week, and each week it's curated by a different content person from the Folian team. You can check it out at slash the crave. See you there.